0: Hi, Craig. Welcome to HubShot's episode 34. How are
1: you? I'm well, Ian. A bit better than you. You're fighting a cold at the moment, aren't you, mate?
0: I am, but we're going to crack on with it. Those rich dulcet tones into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So in episode 34, we're going to talk about HubSpot CRM lead automation and some updates that have happened and uh, lots of other exciting things in the episode. We've changed a few things up, so we'll hear some new things. So let's crack on to the inbound thought of the week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, actually, we were going to chat about some of the pre-inbound training we went to last year. Yes. So, if you're going to inbound, we definitely recommend this. Now, rather than just talk about how great they are, yeah, what what's some of your, I guess, um Look, the only bit of training you know? I
0: did, and I did it with you, and I didn't really know you that well, was the agency positioning and targeting training. Now, that was a great piece of training. And one thing I actually picked up from that was how to really target and position yourself. So if I tie that back to a business, how do we target and position ourselves? And one of the really interesting things that they were telling at the HubSpot training was that what we need to do is that they found that businesses that were really targeted, laser focused, had international clients and the ones that were kind of said they did everything had only local clients, which I thought was fascinating. And so they were really encouraging us to focus and be targeted about who we approach, what industries we work in, because really we can have a global business. So I would really encourage people to really think about who they're targeting and what industries they want to work in, because I think you can truly have a global business if you know who you are and what you stand for. Yes,
1: I totally agree. Excellent point. And I, I got to meet David Winehouse. Now, uh, that is Nuts cool. He's, a, he's one of those guys. I really like him because he's kind of that geeky, super smart guy. Yes. And he was actually at the table that I was in that training. Yeah. And some of the insights he gave is just on, you know, that, that laser focus. Really totally. Good. But he was saying similar things because often in Australia, we think, oh, the market's not big enough and we have to be kind of all, all things all to things everyone. Top, yeah. yeah. And whereas the US is, they can have that, I guess, that luxury in a way of being super niche. But actually, no, we're finding that locally now. The more super niche you get, actually, the, the bigger opportunities you get. Speaking of inbound, how long to go? So at this point,
0: about 175 days on the inboundcountdown.com. <laughs> That's
1: great, isn't it?
0: And you know what? And I'll put this out there again we're going to, we, we did inbound by ourselves, and we're going to make sure that people that are coming up to inbound, in 2016 that we actually give them the opportunity to hang out and meet new people and so yeah. we're going to have a little get together and you can actually come and meet us and hang out with us and you don't have to do inbound by yourselves
1: yeah that makes it a lot easier a lot more fun when there's a whole bunch of people and you know, we should chat to Moby over from inbound buzz i know he's going over to inbound he wants to meet up with any listeners as well so we yeah. should we should join up we'll have the aussie inbound meetup tonight. so you won't be there on your own lots of fun
0: All right, on to the HubSpot feature and tip of the week. Now, this is a really cool one. This is great. Such a big, big feature addition, I think. Yeah, and I've had people, it's quite funny. I've actually had people ask me, especially with CRM, it's like, I've got the sales team. How do I rotate my leads around? And I didn't have an answer for before, but now I do. (laughs) Yes. Because there's actually a way to do that. So you can actually automate the lead distribution to your sales team uh, on a percentage basis. So if you've got four people, you can say rotate 25% to Mr. X, 25 to Y, 25 to Z, and 25 to A, and it happens automatically, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, I really like this. And it's so timely because just this past week, I was with a customer and they were saying that one of their salespeople, the kind of the head of the sales manager, they hog all the good leads because really? it's their job to kind of disperse the leads amongst the team. Wow. And I was like, some of the other people are complaining because this person's cherry picking the best for them and palming off the others. I was like, have I got a solution for you? We'll just automate that with the lead rotation thing. So just to explain it to people listening that might not have come across this, what happens is you get a new lead, someone fills out a form on your site and you kind of, it gets assigned to an owner. Now, previously there was, you in a workflow, you might have to manually set who that went to, or it was just up for grabs. Now with this lead rotation kind of event or task option, you can just say, as you said, you can break down the percentages. So it splits it out. And you can say, here's the four people that, and HubSpot will work it out. There's no favoritism here. The leads get assigned out automatically. I think that's really good because not only is, does it stop that cherry picking, but it actually handles the load. You know, they get their fair share. Otherwise, sometimes you get people getting overloaded. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I'll take this back one step. Why they've done this is because they actually found out. In a recent study that sales teams spend then less than a third of their time actually selling all of their other time is actually doing these other tasks, like adding people to the CRM, researching them, sending emails and all of this stuff that happens, which is actually quite manual. So this is all about creating efficiencies within teams. So I would really encourage people to actually have a look at the new features and actually try and implement one thing out of it, because that could save a massive amount of time in your team.
1: Well, look, it doesn't stop there because <laughs> that feature release it, it extends to tasks as well. Yes, this is the great thing about this. So, what? Uh, just to just to go back a step, workflows. We're talking about workflows. So this is where you've got a new lead; they've come in and they start into a workload. And so, what do you do with them there? Or and a workflow could might not just be a new lead. It might be someone who's. So their life cycle uh, stage has changed or some attribute about them has changed and they enter into a workflow. Now you've got these sales tasks where you can actually assign tasks to their owners to follow them up, for example, or to quickly jump onto them or they get uh, a, a task allocated to them straight away. It's all about efficiency, but it's also so things don't fall through the cracks. This is really one of the common problems that sales teams fall into some person that they're supposed to follow up or they just got an email notification about it and they forgot about it or it got put into some folder by a rule now you've got a task in the CRM assigned to you and it reminds you when to do it so i think these are really important tools that hubspot are adding into the whole sales yeah. workflow process
0: well let me highlight two of the ones and they've highlighted this in their product yeah beliefs. yeah different auto creating a new task to follow up a few days when a deal changes state, which is a really good one. Mm-hmm. And another one I'd say is or creating a task or deal when you import a new list of contacts. And so yes. that can happen quite often. And I would recommend you actually set those up in the system.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and these are the things where it really pays to spend a bit of time getting this process in place. You work out, okay, what is the process that someone's got in their head to to try and make this thing happen right we can actually get a lot of these done in hubspot now
0: yeah so action go away try to do two of them so craig something i've introduced this week test of the week all right nice and one. i brought this up purely because of the fact I, has, I we do this all the time but i saw hubspot do it the other day and i kind of got a plain text email with links to three blog posts that they had done and they're just Said they were trying a different format. Now you and me, both without talking to each other, tried this in our own businesses, and it's really interesting the results. So I, I picked one from your portal, and you saw it because you saw similar results. And It was really interesting because what we've been doing is we've been sending branded emails. So these are the emails where we send to customers, prospects. Has your logo at the top. It's in a nice container. It's got your details. Got some images in there. And we were seeing roughly, on average, about 15% open rate, right? Send an unbranded one like it looks like it's coming from us. So it's plain text, doesn't have anything. Basically, like how we would write an email and send it from our email client. And you know what the open rate was? Almost 30%. So you yeah. almost doubled your open rate. And that, to me, is really interesting. And I think we should keep testing this. But even in your own business, think about what you can do to test these different things so you know even the management might have said oh we need to send this email with this header and this footer and it's got to be this color why not try one that looks like it just you wrote it and stuck it in your email
1: yes i think it's all about test and measure so you should always be testing things new ideas see how they go and also you could just carve off a segment of your list so you don't have That's to do exactly it to your right. entire database so say it's a newsletter or something you could just test for 10 percent but I, what, I, what I would say is it's always about testimony So you never take something like we've both got great results from this and it's obviously yes. working for HubSpot. And look, you just have to look at internet marketers in the last couple of years. They've kind of really gone down this path of just yes. the very plain text email. So you take those and you go, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. I'll see what the response is. And it won't be for everyone. For yeah. example, if you're a, um, photo- a famous photographer, photography studio or something that's very visual or yes. something like that, then removing all the images is probably not going to work for you. You might, you might test it. But the point is to say, test and measure, don't just take something that's been very successful for us or for HubSpot and assume it's going to work for you. It's all about testing. But to your point, yeah, it's all about stripping away those other elements and just making it as personal as possible. And that's what's really worked for us, I think. So we'll continue to test and see if the results continue.
0: Yeah, now the other thing to note is that Alternate it. So, you know, if you want to send one personal looking one during the month and one branded business one, try that out. That's another one. Another really interesting thing that I picked up the other day is that you really need to make sure that your plain text emails that you do, you actually go and check because if you've actually got branded email with all these images and links to stuff, take them out of there. So it doesn't look like it's a whole bunch of links and formatting because I think that's really important because I didn't realize. I actually sent an email out to a whole bunch of people and, pe- and I always ask people to respond to me just to reply. And I actually realized this person got a plain text email. And I, it's the first time I'd ever seen it because right. most people get the HTML version. Oh, okay. So they've replied to the plain text. And yeah. You saw, yeah you saw what and I saw. was like, oh, wow. So I'm glad I took the time to actually edit it make sure it was clean and so when they got it it actually looked good yeah that's a really
1: nice yeah i i know sometimes say mailchimp's a good one so if you're using mailchimp as your email automation you do and use that and it's got a nice design and then you go the, the, the uh, plain text yes. version and everyone just goes, oh, I'll just use the default. It regenerates. Yes. It's chock full of all that stuff that yeah. you're talking about that makes the plain text one uh, virtually unreadable. That's right. So yeah, I totally agree with your point. Make the effort to that extra couple of minutes to make the plain text version easily consumable.
0: Yeah. All right, Craig, that goes on to our opinion of the week, Craig. And this is uh, something that you've written on your blog.
1: Yeah, okay. So I just wanted to pick up on this thing. See, I read Medium a lot. I love yes. Medium. You know. I, do I say that every episode? I think, I think I you love, do. I think I love Medium. And we, we've got the app for that later in the show. But I often read late at night as I'm going to bed. I just like reading Medium and reading stuff. I was noticing the last couple of weeks. There's this been this outbreak. I'll call it an outbreak. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a disease. A rash of articles, <laughs> um, where these growth hackers or marketing, you know, rapid marketers for startups. There's this suddenly this new idea where we're going to ungate all our assets. So previously, an ebook or something like that was behind a form, and now they're taking the forms away and they're making the asset free. So yep. you don't need to sign up or anything. And they're talking about how this is just removing barriers and making people like their brand more. Yep. And so my response to that was, okay, that's great because it is working for some people. But a few points I just wanted to mention. One, it's not a new idea no <laughs> david meerman scott who we love he's he's written a bunch of um books on marketing yes. that i really recommend actually um and he was a speaker at inbound yes, by the way he's he excellent was. but he's been doing this for 10 years right and the thing is it's about the reason he did it he wanted to offer all this free stuff not have any hurdles in the way because it's all about his personal brand yes he wants to sell himself as a speaker and a you know, keynote speaker so it's not about getting leads in the database. It's about getting an audience and then following him. And so, right. So it's the purpose, right? Yes. Now, a lot of these startups that are doing it, they they still have a sign up, and that's because they've got the free trial, and that's where they want everyone to go. And so, my point is, yeah, if you've got the free trial or the free demo, and that's the only, that's really what you want. Sure, take away all the other forms and the sign ups because, yep, you do want them to get valuable content. But the sign-up, and you know how we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, how yes. people are often wanting the trial yes. early on now. It's kind of like an Correct. awareness stage yeah. item, right? You don't actually have to nurture them along the path. But they'll do it. But my point is, don't assume that's going to work for you if, A, you've got something that's got a long sales cycle and goes through a very defined buyer's journey and those awareness and yes. consideration stages. Also, don't assume it's going to work for you if you've got a, quite an expensive product that needs a lot of decision implemented as part of it. A, yep. a process. And also if you're in a, a services industry, which is a, a consulting high-end thing where you actually might have to nurture people along on the problem and get them to trust you yes. and have confidence. These are all places where you definitely should keep those gated assets in place. Yes. So my whole point about this, and you can see my blog post and you can read some of the source ones I'm referring to is, Again, it's about test and measure, right? Yes. People jump on, they love to jump on this something that worked for them and then preach it as though it's what everyone should do. Yeah. Everyone should have the red button, not the green, and all that kind of stuff. So look, I think it's a really interesting idea and yep. people should consider it, but always make sure you think through those strategies carefully.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's that whole thing about understanding the why behind it and then understanding the context behind what you're doing, right? i think that's really the key if you understand that the rest will follow and which leads me on to our general tip of the week right which is we've got some useful tips for approaching your personas right personas are really key to what we do it's the starting point of everything that we do and i think there's some really great insights in here and i'd love you to talk about that yeah well this um You know, we've talked about personas
1: a number of times and Content Marketing Institute. They had a blog post on it where they're just talking about some of the essential parts of it. The thing about personas is everyone knows they should do them. And there's general beginner articles around. I think people get that kind of stuff. But then you get into some of of the more advanced thinking around personas. I think this is really where it gets interesting. I'll just give one tip. There was, I think there was like seven tips or, or to get, take away. And we've got a link to that Content Marketing Institute blog. But here's one thing I hadn't thought about before. And um, she said, don't describe the persona to the reader. Have the persona talk to the reader in first person. So when you're creating your persona, you don't say this person is time poor needs help with such and such. You actually have them in first person say, I struggle with such and such. Now, this sounds like such a, tiny thing right it sounds like and it also sounds kind of obvious the reason i found it really interesting is because when i actually started reviewing my own personas for our agency i was actually thinking oh yeah that person's talking to me and now when i talk back to them with content i'm talking directly to them rather than they're a thing over there like an object a persona is just something we talk about actually we're talking to them so this is just uh, maybe that's obvious to people i don't know but i actually found that quite a, a change in the way i think about personas and so that's just one of the tips that was in this article on uh, biopersona essentials and the other thing i would say about personas is uh i've just finished a book by adele Ravella, who's kind of like this she's the the guru of biopersonas and we've got a link to the, the book there and she went through a whole bunch of her in-depth process for buyer personas. And it's fascinating that these elite companies, the lengths they go to, to get their buyer personas correct. And uh, I guess one of the things, we were chatting about some of the the main steps uh, before the show. One of the things she talks about in some depth is talking about success factors that the buyer persona expects.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because we often talk about their struggles but we don't really talk about what the expectation is of our product or our service or down the line what they're expecting from us. And I thought that was a great one that you highlighted is to think about hang on, what are these people expecting? So if they're expecting X from us, are we actually taking them down that path to get X? Or are we actually talking to them about Y, which is actually past that you pass their point? So you know what? Go back, look at your personas and go, look, what? What are these people expecting if your persona is for ourselves we're marketing managers, business owners, you know, what are they expecting from us? Because what a business owner is expecting from us as agencies will be very different to what a marketing manager is expecting. And put that down because I think that will actually help you uh, write better content, create better services, create better products and get that to the right people.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'll just tell you about personas. I was listening, uh, we'll make this an episode about Moby. We <laughs> <laughs> mentioned him at the start, but um, actually, his latest podcast episode, I think he talks about bio personas. Yes. Might have been has... the one pre- previous. I can't remember, if I was just listening he has, to it previously. Yes, he yeah. Has, yeah. He's, uh, and he gives an excellent overview of personas. So um, there's three resources on personas. Yes. Yeah, so we'll yeah, put yeah, a well link to reading. that yeah. as
0: well. All right. State of Inbound Item, Craig encouraging people to do the the survey oh yes well, because yes that's really important again i'm driving home we want asia pacific to feature well more data helps us get better a better sounding board it helps us get more traction in the world of hubspot and as this region grows like hubspot obviously you've just moved office in sydney they've started japan singapore and who knows where else? But it's really exciting. And quite a few guys from here have gone to Singapore, which is also cool. And uh, I think the big thing is that if we can get a good representation, that's really going to help this region understanding A, where we're at, but also where we can get to in the large scale of uh, inbound marketing. All right, Craig, on to our community item of the week. Now, this is back to Moby again. Back from to inbound Mobi. Buzz.
1: Mobi. We love Moby. We do.
0: You know what? I think Moby... How do I describe Moby? He really hit it on the head when we were at the HubSpot user group in Sydney mm. and he was speaking, he was sharing his own own experience with Inbound and helping a client of his. Mm. And I think he really hit it home. Like his clarity, his understanding was amazing. I remember walking away from that, even, even had somebody on my team who was new to the team had been with us for two days and he heard Moby and he goes, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. There's a clear
0: right. understanding. So Moby... Yeah.
1: Maybe you're good. So uh, not that we want to turn this into a Moby Fest, but I'll just say that user group, we've mentioned that before. He actually um, then did a podcast episode about that. I think it might have been episode four or five where he went through some of the answers to questions. But that's not the episode we're referring to today. I just wanted to quickly shout out. He did an um, episode on content creation tools. He went through six tools. I thought it was great because... I love tools. I love playing with new stuff. And there are three or four new new ones. In fact, the majority, I think, were new tools that I hadn't come across. So it doesn't matter how seasoned a marketer you are, there's always something new to um, play with. And he gave a really good rundown of some content creation tools and promotion tools and things like that. So episode nine of Inbound Buzz... Speaking of podcasts, though, I just started listening to the Content Inc podcast by Joe Polizzi.
0: Have you uh, have you heard this at all? No, but after you told me about it, I subscribed to it. <laughs> you
1: should subscribe. It's great. So they do the PNR podcast, which I love.
0: Which is about an hour long. Is it? It's about an hour yes. long,
1: and they talk about actually I would call it perfect for CMOs or okay. marketing directors. Yep. So it's Group high nice. level strategic stuff. Yes. So they, they do very little kind of tactical in the trenches. Yep. It's more strategy and what corporates and that are doing which I find fascinating. And that, as you said, that goes for an hour. Joe does his own little one, which goes for about three or four minutes where he just gives one little nugget an insight or a thought piece around marketing. So yep. just, yeah, we've got a link to that. So if you can't
0: well, It's find, cool, three minutes. If you
1: can't find three minutes, at least give it a go, then, well, well, just give it a go.
0: All right, now onto the app of the week, Craig. Now we've got two of these for today. And this actually has helped both of us. I know when I mentioned to you, like, oh yeah, I use that. So the first one is Medium. Now we've mentioned Medium a few times. Uh, there is an app that you can download from the App Store. Yep. And one thing that's great is you can have all your reading in there. And so I'm like you. I At the end of the day, when I'm about to go to bed, usually fall asleep reading it. But it's a great way to get to consume content, to learn new things and see what's going on. And I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, look, I, I like Medium because you know I've really stopped... I'm hardly on Facebook or Twitter these days because I'm trying to stop that micro snacking. Yes. Um, Just that kind of fully, totally distracted, always flicking. Yeah. And that's the reason I like medium because they're longer pieces that I'm normally reading. And you still, it is still relaxing at night and you can still read through and hear from great, like I've been reading a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk lately. He's been on medium,
0: is not he? He is very good. (laughs) Yeah. And now he, he is speaking at Inbound. He is. So i'm really actually looking forward to hearing from him.
1: yeah the energy of that guy can you imagine in the room and just be like psh, really crackling <laughs> crackling that guy is awesome
0: so again if you're a marketing manager or you listen to this podcast it's a great way to get some real meaty content and and get through it wherever you are whenever you can and the next one i want to talk about is rescue time so this is something that you actually run on your computer and you can actually see what's going on. Now I'm gonna just go to Rescue Time so I can actually tell you a bit more what they say about Rescue Time. And how it's really helped me is really find that balance and understand where I'm spending time on a computer. So what they're saying is finding your ideal work-life balance. So with so many distractions and possibilities in your digital life, it's easy to get scattered, and you can see that. Like, it actually tells you. Basically, it picks up anything you're focusing on at the time. So, if you've got Facebook open, it'll count how long you're on Facebook. If you've got your particular websites you're reading, you will track that. So, and in that, you can actually go and actually categorize your time. So, if you if you say that, like, okay, I'm working on this website, I'm reading Medium, for example, that's educational. It's valuable to me. I want to put that as a productive task. You can do that. But if I see myself on Facebook, I want to make that unproductive. Another great feature that it has is you can actually pause it or you can actually even what they call get focused. So it'll basically, whatever you're doing, you'll focus on that. It'll take away all the distractions. You can't go to Facebook and all these other things. Right. It'll keep you focused. If you go, I want to write... That's all you're going to have to do.
1: Okay. So can I just check this? Is this a browser-only plugin or it actually is an app on your... It's
0: an app that runs on your machine. So it checks
1: all your apps you're using, not just your browser. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'll, we'll put a link to that. There yeah. is a pro version and there's a free version. I remember I've, I used this a
1: number of years ago, but I, I can't recall it that well. But I, it just correct me if I'm wrong. It's like you categorize all the different types of sites and it yes. might say these are social sites. And you can say, oh, look, this is unproductive or it is productive. So you get what, like a ratio or a percentage? Or, yeah, It gives you per- a
0: percentage and you get a weekly email saying here's your productivity so you can you can have goals as well right and work towards some productivity so
1: and have you found it helps you allocate your time or schedule time better
0: you know what because it runs in the background and you don't realize when you get that email at the start of the new week you're like oh i spent a bit too much time on facebook for example and it really helps you go hang on i'm losing track of something i need to get back on course so
1: nice so it's just a reminder. Just highlight. Absolutely, it's kind of like when you you actually think, "How much TV did I watch this week?" Oh, it's just a few hours. It turns out it was a few hours each night, and you're just did like, you just know, like talking
0: about talking about TV. It was really interesting. I read something. I think it was entrepreneur.com, about people actually spending more time on Netflix than actually having real conversation and real relationships with people now.
1: Right, I believe it. And I'll
0: find that. I'll find that article and post it. But. You know what? And this is the thing we're seeing shifting, and we've got to understand this as people are shifting their time onto different mediums, not medium itself. Like things will change. Like so, you you've got to again. We'll talk. We'll share some more about this. But these micro moments of time, all these large chunks of time that people are now spending on different channels, will be influential to the way you market to them. So think about that as we move forward with what you're doing. Yeah,
1: certainly rapidly changing times, exciting times.
0: All right, Craig, I think we're at the end of episode 34. You survived it. I survived it with a few breaks in between all right. to take care of the cold, but it's all good. So until next time, please leave comments, tweet us. We'd love to hear your feedback. We know I get some feedback of uh, WhatsApp, funnily enough, the people that I'm connected with who listen. And it's really encouraging to hear that. So I'll give a shout out to Charles McKay in Melbourne. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'd love more feedback from from people that listen because we want to do is focus this podcast and give you immense value. So please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Craig. All right, Ian. Catch you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.